Good morning. Afternoon. Afternoon. Good afternoon. You get trivia once. You got Georgia. Deal with it. Find your own damn trivia. Anybody have uh, physical findings this afternoon? I do. I know I do. Good. See you there. It'll be cool. It's awesome. It's good. So we're going to talk about headache, neurology stuff. Headache is very, very common. 90% of the population have experienced a headache. The other 10% are liars. <laughs> I don't know who made this, this stuff. Um, but but it's, it's what's, what's obvious when you look at any statistic, this is a very common diagnosis, a very common primary care complaint, and something that you're going to be dealing with uh, for all your medical career, so you may as well get used to it now and get good at finding it. And there are a few conditions, there are a few conditions that are particularly dangerous when dealing with headache, but there's a lot of conditions that are not, but just because the headache is not dangerous doesn't mean it's really uh, uncomfortable as well as really debilitating for the patient. So it's a good thing. Being able to treat a headache is a very effective way of making your patients very happy um, and getting some good results. So be able to understand it. This might be you with a headache. It really doesn't feel good. Um, everyone recognizes the screen. So, well, focus on a couple of cases today. Both cases are people with severe headaches. Some headaches are mild, some headaches not so bad. But we're going to deal with a couple of cases of very severe headaches, which have very different implications and tre treatments. So this is somebody who has the worst headache of their life. And that's what they said. They walk in the, they, you know, you walk in the room, they're lying on the gurney, they're uncomfortable, they've got their eyes closed, and they say, this is the worst headache I've ever had. It came on all of a sudden. It was just boom like that, and it was there. It came on like a thunderclap. Um, it's all over. It's all over the head. It's definitely worse with, with, with light. It radiates to the back of the head and the neck, and the neck feels stiff. And this particular patient has a long history of hypertension. That she's been taking medications for high blood pressure for a while. And then we get around to ask some family history, and she says, oh, yeah, and my sister died of a brain aneurysm. You're like, don't. <laughs> That's a bad sign. Do you see any red flags in this history? Like all of those. <laughs> so, sudden onset of headache. That's bad. Came on like a thunderclap. That's bad. If you hear the words, worst headache of life, that's bad. Um, it, if you do an exam and the neck feels stiff, um, and history of hypertension, history of family history of aneurysms, all bad signs. What is the diagnosis here? What are we worried about? Subarachnoid hemorrhage. Very good. Excellent. You can roughly break down headaches into two categories, primary and secondary. When you talk about migraines, and then we'll talk a, a little bit about cluster headaches and tension headaches, these are all primary headaches. These are primary headache sy syndromes. They're, the problem is quite literally all in the head. It's, that's where the, the pain is coming from. That's what's causing the syndrome. You need to address it. There's really nothing else going on in the body. But in secondary headaches, the headache itself is secondary. It's pain. It's a symptom. It's secondary to some other medical condition. There are lots and lots and lots and lots of secondary headaches. Any condition that causes a headache um, can be a secondary headache. 
and that could be anything from a, from a simple flu to, um, to cancer, um, to electrolyte disturbance, to thyroid disorders. I mean, the list is ridiculous. But there's a few that are really important, and, and chief among them, you already mentioned, is subarachnoid hemorrhage. And the other dangerous one is a CNS infection, a central nervous system infection, either a viral or a bacterial meningitis. A tumor, a tumor, a, a brain cancer or a metastatic tumor, are, is an example of a secondary headache. The pain that you get from a tumor is a secondary headache. The headache is secondary to the effects of the neoplasm, whether it be the, the space, the, the mass um, effect on the, on the brain, um, or it, irritation of the meninges, either way. So those are kinds of secondary headaches. So subarachnoid is an example of a secondary headache. Things you want to ask about, I'm going to get into, into more details in history when we talk about primary headaches, when we talk about migraines, but um, it's very fast onset. You want to ask about how often you have you had it? Has it happened to you before? Have you had headaches like this before? Associated symptoms, this is really important. When you get into the review of systems, when you focus down on your history, when you're talking about someone with headaches, if you get in all the neurologic sim um, system, you talk about the upper respiratory tract, lungs, the sinuses, the nose, mouth, and teeth, teeth, and the GI system, the mouth, teeth, and nausea. If you get all those, you're going to get most of the secondary headaches. Okay, you're going to get most of the systems that cause secondary headaches just with those systems. So those are really important ones to focus on in the associated symptoms and the review of systems. When you go to the physical exam, the, phys the focused physical exam for headaches obviously relies in a large part on the neurologic exam. Okay, that's really big. Now, uh, mental status. Um, we recorded the mental status and we, we graded using the GCS, which is the Glasgow Coma Scale. Don't worry about that right now. We're going to cover it in detail when we do trauma later on this year. That's, part of, that's not covered on your first exam. You'll, you'll get that on your, on your later exam. But mental status is graded with you with the Glasgow Coma Scale. Cranial nerves. Anytime you write the cranial nerves exam, you always write 2 through 10. Why? What, what happened to 1? So, you guys don't carry a little, little set, a set of coffee beans or vanilla or lavender in your pocket that you can test the, the cranial nerve number one? No? I used to do that. I was that, I was that much of a nerd in school. <laughs> I actually carried a little vial of coffee. It was kind of cool. Um, <laughs> so, you can't really do a complete physical exam until you do the cranial nerve number one as well. You're right. It probably doesn't matter. There are some conditions where cranial nerve 1 is affected, where you get anosmia or, more importantly, dysnosmia, or abnormal smells. That can be an aura from a migraine. It can be a sign of a certain types of tumors. Okay? Unusual that's going to cause a, a significant problem. If you've got things so bad that cranial nerve 1 is screwed up, you're probably going to find other findings on your exam. So it's, it's not a very high-yield um, test. But, yeah, there, there are some conditions where it's important. Eyes. Very important. The windows to the soul. <laughs> um, it's, you know, this is, your this is your only place in the body where you can see the central nervous system. That's cool. Wow. So you can actually look inside the pupils, look into the optic disc, and you actually see, physically see the central nervous system. That's powerful. That's really important. You can see how that would be important. We talk about secondary headaches. A good example of a secondary headache is pseudotumor cerebri, which is increased intracranial pressure. Okay, sometimes the only finding that you might get from that condition is papilledema, uh, uh, um, or swelling of the optic nerve. Okay, um, so that's something that you can see by looking at, looking in the eyes. 
So being able to see the central nervous system is important. But a lot of eye conditions themselves can cause secondary headaches, like glaucoma, for example. If you have increased pressure in your eyes, that hurts. That presents with a headache. That's what people complain of. They complain of, of headache and some blurred vision. And you're going to pick that up by examining the eyes. So very important part of the, about the focused physical exam for headaches. Palpating the face. You're not going to pick up sinusitis unless you palpate the sinuses and get a sense of what tender sinuses are like. That's why I've asked you during the, during the um, history and physicals um, to, to make sure you guys at least get a sense of that and, and palpate people's sinuses and what you need to feel. Um, temporal arteritis. An older person, someone over 55 with a bad headache, especially a temporal headache, you have to palpate the temporal artery. You have to record whether you feel the te their temporal artery pulse, whether the temporal artery is tender. That's where you're going to pick up temporal arteritis. So another good example of a, of a secondary headache. Mastoids, unusual cause of headaches. You probably would find mastoiditis other reasons. Um, occiput, occipital neuralgia. I'll mention neuralgias in a minute, but occipital neuralgia is basically um, inflammation or spasm of the occipital nerve, which is the back of the head. You're not going to pick it up unless you palpate the occiput. And you pick it up, you can treat that. You can treat that with a nerve, with a, with a trigger point injection, really make people better really fast. It's a very satisfying disease to treat. Um, cervical range of motion. Checking, checking Koenig's, checking Brudinsky, which is which, who cares. Uh, if your neck is stiff, their neck is stiff. Koenig's is the one associated with the knee, K, knee. So if your knee goes up when you bend your head, that's Koenig's, whatever. Peripheral nerves, obviously very important as well. Okay, so going on. So this particular patient, um, she's, she's not febrile, okay? And that already meningitis is much lower on our list, okay? Because bad headache, stiff neck, we're thinking about meningitis, photophobia, think about meningitis, okay, there's no fever, meningitis is less likely. Pressure's very high, her neuro exam is actually normal, except that she has some photophobia, um, and her neck is stiff. She was not tender, okay? So, we're thinking about subarachnoid hemorrhage, how do we work that out? What labs do we get with that? Okay, so we're going to image the brain with a CT scan. Um, you might get um, a blood count. You might get uh, a white blood cell count if you're still thinking about meningitis. Um, carboxyhemoglobin. Carbon monoxide poisoning is another example of a secondary headache. And a good clue for this one is it happens in winter, and it's an environmental effect. So you're going to see multiple people with it. So if someone comes in and the whole family has a headache, and that's the only thing they got. Everything else is fine. They just all have a headache, and... They've been inside all winter because it's January in Iowa and it's freezing cold. Um, then that's a good clue for, carboxy, for, for um, carbon monoxide poisoning. You're not going to find it unless you order a high carboxyhemoglobin level. So you can do brain imaging for this patient. Which one? Well, you're going to get different information from a CT scan than from an MRI. And being able to understand, understand which one to order in headache syndromes is really important. CT scans are very easy to order. They're very quick. They're very quick to do. They only take five minutes. Spiral CT scan is, uh, is very fast. And you get a lot of information. You get to see the brain. And you can, you can program it to see the bones and see the sciences, that kind of thing. It can be very useful to test. But you don't get any definition about tumors. You don't get any definition about nerves, muscles, that kind of thing. Whereas an MRI... You're going to get all the information, and you're going to be able to pick up strokes. So stroke syndromes, impairment of vascular um, supply to the brain, you're going to see that with MRI. And really, to really diagnose tumors, you pretty much need an MRI. So which test you order really kind of depends upon the situation. 
And whereas the best way to remember it is CT scan is kind of your screening brain exam, where you just want to just make sure everything's okay, and it is better in trauma. CT scan is better in trauma. So you're going to pick up blood, so my submarine hemorrhage, and broken bones, better with a CT scan. For all the other conditions, MRI is better, but it takes longer to do, up to an hour. Okay? The patient has to be stable to be able to get it. You can do a CT scan on a fairly unstable patient, but MRI the patient has to be pretty stable to be able to get, to get through the exam. The CT is not perfect for subarachnoid hemorrhage. It's pretty darn good, 93 and 95% sensitivity, meaning that you're going to miss about one of every 20 subarachnoid hemorrhages. This is not a condition we want to miss. It's really important that we pick up all the cases of subarachnoid hemorrhage because they may be sentinel bleeds, they may be an aneurysm this person has, and they may be taking time bomb and their, their head's about to explode. You ever see scanners? bad. So, um, you want to, uh, so you need to pick all those up. And the way to increase your sensitivity is by doing a lumbar puncture. A spinal tap is the gold standard for detecting blood, in this case xanthochromia, or the, pre the presence of blood, in the CSF. Looking at it grossly and looking under a microscope. So, oh, I, so, 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 this is what a CT scan might look like on some subarachnoid. I was like flipping through my um, collection of like CT scans, and I was like showing people, uh, showing people this summer. So, hey, which uh, which scan should I use for the uh, for, for the second year medical students? And I throw this one up, and it goes, oh yeah, yeah, that one. So we consider this to be like um, anyone can see the problem here. <laughs> I'm not saying you're anyone. Just you know, I want to make sure you guys get a good idea of what's really abnormal. So this is normal. This is bad. So there's like lots of blood in the ventricle and it's spilling all into, or it's basically, you've got a hemorrhage of an entire section of, of brain. That's not a good thing. Blood is, shows up as white. Acute blood shows up as white on a CT scan. It's very dense, radio-dense. So what you're going to do is, if you've got someone who you suspect has a subarachnoid hemorrhage, you're going to do a CT scan. If it's positive, you're done. You know what they've got. You're going to get the neurosurgery involved. You're going to do whatever you need to do to make them better. They're going to be admitted to the hospital. They're going to get procedures. They're going, to, they're going to do okay. But if the CT scan is negative, to be absolutely sure, you go on and you do a lumbar puncture. So someone says they've got the worst headache of their life. They get a CT scan. And if negative, they get a lumbar puncture. Yeah? If you're going to do the lumbar puncture anyways, yes. why not just do the lumbar Excellent question. Um, and, and that actually, that technique is actually advocated by some experts. Um, to just go directly to the LP, and that's fine. The risk is, if you have a space-occupying lesion, if you have increased intracranial pressure, there is a small risk, but it's risk, of causing or worsening your herniation syndrome by, in, by introducing a lumbar puncture. So basically, if someone has a... Imagine if they've got a big balloon in their head, and they're, they're pushing, it's pushing their brain down their spinal cord, and you were then... You basically open the tap down below the brain gets sucked down into the spinal cord. It doesn't really happen that way. It sounds bad and everything, and people are afraid of it, but there are certainly plenty of cases where this has happened where herniation has been worsened by opening that, that LP. So we generally say we want to do a CT scan to make sure it's, quote, safe to tap. Now, this is kind of getting into something else, but 
if you have a normal neuro exam and you can, you can see the, uh, the retina, you can see the, uh, the optic disc and they seem sharp, it is perfectly fine to go ahead and do an LP without doing a CT scan. Okay. You know, most patients with a really bad headache, you're probably not going to get that good of an exam. They're probably already abnormal. So, um, yeah, generally we do, we do the CT scan first. But um, in certain cases of meningitis and other conditions, we will go right to the LP. That's fine. Great, great question. Okay, different case. Again, um, sudden onset of headache. But this person has happened to her before. She's had before. And she's had, um, she's had numbness in her arm. She says, my arm gets numb. And about three, or five, three to five times in the last month, for about 20 minutes a, a pop, she gets a numbness in her arm. And about a half an hour later, she gets this horrible headache. It's severe. It's throbbing. It's on one side of her head. It's on the left side. And the only thing that she can do is lie down in a dark room with a wet cloth across her eyes, and she can wait for it to go away. And it can last days for her. So what is this typical of? So this is describing a migraine. Um, and it's basically um, a, what's called a complex migraine because you've got neurologic involvement too. You've got numbness in the arm. That's an example of an aura. It's a syndrome that's preceding the migraine. And that may, may occur, or someone may get a migraine without R as well. But this is a classic example of a primary headache, where they really the syndrome, the, the symptom itself, is describing the headache syndrome, and there's nothing else medically going on, and you just need to treat that headache. To really be able to diagnose which type of headache syndrome they have, and to be able to appropriately treat them, you really need a more detailed history. When someone comes in, they have worst headache, on, onset, worst headache of their life, sudden onset, thunderclap, blah, blah, blah. They've got a stiff neck. They've got a horrible fever. They've just been in a trauma. They've just fallen down the stairs. It's pretty obvious they've got something bad in secondary. But when someone comes into the primary care clinic and they say, I have headaches. I have headaches. I've had headaches for six months. Okay? Then you need to take a much more detailed history and you need to go through it very carefully and to figure out what kind of headache they have. So... Um, what are the dates? What are the circumstances of the onset? What were they doing when the headaches started? How often do they get these headaches? How long do they last? Does it happen more often in the evening? Does it happen more often in the morning? Does it happen when they get up from a lying down position to standing up? Or does it happen more when they, at the end of the day when they've been tired and they've been working all day? What's it like? What part of the head does it hurt? Is it the back of the head where the occipital nerve comes in? Is it the side of the head where the temporal artery comes in? Is it throbbing? Is it steady? Is it around the eye? How bad is it? Is there something they can do that makes it come on? Or is there something that happens to them before they get the headaches? Example, like an aura. That's a pretty good clue. Nausea and vomiting. Photophobia. Very common in migraine syndromes. Sometimes people have autonomic um, syndromes as well. Someone with a cluster headache, they may get lacrimation. They may get crying. Um, some headache syndromes, especially migraines, are tied to menstrual periods. Somebody asked about it. If they're on oral contraceptives, that can make certain types of headaches worse. So asking about medical history and medications they're taking is really important. Of course, trauma. Of course, um, any other medical problems, endocrine problems, pulmonary problems going on as well. Of course, you can ask about review of systems. And then there may be psychiatric disorders going on. 
depression is certainly going to make, um, may present as headaches. If you can't find anything else going on, you can't figure out a reason for this headache, there's no pattern to it, but ask about depression syndromes and that headache that may be the manifestation of their depression. So then you might get into family history. Are they ha are other people in your family have, have migraines. Other people in your family have had aneurysms. Um, what's the social situation? Um, be able to pick up depression, you need to ask about this kind of thing. Uh, smoking, alcohol, substance abuse. Certainly the rebound from certain, the withdrawal from, from certain um, substance abuse can cause headaches. Then you need to get into what they're actually taking. And we're going we're to discuss this a little bit at the end, but this can be really important. Because what they're actually taking may be causing the headache in itself. And what they're taking for it, they're trying to take this medication to make them better, and it's actually maintaining their headache syndrome. So typical aura is something that you're going to see. It could be a visual sensation. It can be a sensory sensation. It could be like arm numbness, that kind of thing. It also could be... Um, like uh, auditory, sometimes people hear stuff before they get it, or they may taste something. Dysnosmia is a really common aura. They get a horrible smell right before they get the onset of the migraine, and it's a warning syndrome. So if you have this aura and then followed by a headache, migraine is, is, is pretty much it. You know, there's, there's a few conditions. You might want to think about a few possibilities of a tumor, but pretty much your list is pretty short once you get to this point. It can come on a few minutes or as much an hour before your headache. This is what a scotoma might look like. Scotoma. Scotoma is kind of a uh, change in visual syndrome where you get kind of this bright flashing light or wavy light. This is another example of a scotoma. If you stare really hard at the picture on the left for long enough, you'll get a migraine. That's really cool. Don't do it. Okay. So this is an example of what a scotoma might look like. People may describe the syndrome. That's a good example of an aura. So how do you get migraines? Well, Large endocrine vessels, dermata, and neuroconjunctive tissues from the trigeminal neuroceptive system and plasma protein extravasation um, releases of Mark V, what the hell is that? Um, trigeminal nucleus and rostral pain stimuli, what the hell? I'm just a dumb ER doc, I don't know what the hell that was all about. Honestly, it comes down to this. The brain itself is not sensitive, okay? Who's seen uh, Hannibal? It was like the second, third? Second, uh, you know, Science of Lambs thing? Okay, so um, at the end of, of this movie, he's like, he manages to like cut the guy's head open, he lifts, lifts off the guy's skull, and he takes, he takes a knife and he cuts the guy's brain out, he doesn't feel it, right? Because he's like, the, he's demonstrating that the dura is actually sensate, but the brain itself is not, okay? Well, the, the point is, it's the stuff around the brain, the dura and the vessels. When that's affected, that's what causes these, these syndromes. And that, that's what causes a migraine. Literally, if you look up in a book what causes a migraine, they say the mechanism is not entirely clear. That's the best we can, we can come up with. But we know that there's vasculature involved. We know that there's a release of peptides. And we know that there's a vasoactive uh, uh, pathophysiology, meaning there's, you need to have a vasoactive type of drug to be able to treat it. Clearly, this is an area for further research, so good luck. Okay, bottom line is migraines are by far the most common of all the primary headache syndromes. Migraines are going to be diagnosed clinically. You take the history, if you have a good history for migraines, you can diagnose someone with migraines. But you probably need to do some sort of test to rule out um, secondary syndromes. 
first time someone presents with a migraine, they've never had a migraine before, they get worse headache onset, worse headache in their life, and rapid onset, and they've got photophobia, you probably need to rule out subarachnoid before you can really diagnose with a migraine. Someone who's had migraines for months that comes into the hospital, at some point they should probably get an MRI to make sure they don't have a tumor. So you are going to do some tests to, to rule out secondary headaches, but basically it's a clinical diagnosis. There are a number of other types of primary headaches. Tension is a good example. It's a very common headache. Um, can last for days. So you've got a headache that lasts for a long time, um, more than a couple of days, more likely to be a tension than, than a migraine. Um, these are some of the qualities that you'll see with a tension headache. Um, it's pressure, it's tightness, it's described as a band along, around the top of the head. Um, they should not have nausea or vomiting with a tension headache. Um, they may have some photophobia, but it's really not going to be a pr predominant syndrome, sim uh, symptom of the, of the syndrome. Cluster headache. A very important diagnosis. It's rare, but when you see it, um, you'll know, you, know, you know people that have it. And it has a very different treatment than the other syndromes. So it's useful to recognize. Severe unilateral um, orbital pain. So it's usually described as pain around one eye. It comes in clusters of a very short period with many, many repetitions of, of the headache. And it usually has some sort of autonomic feature, like lacrimation or nasal congestion, or sometimes even um, facial sweating, like a, horner, like a unilateral Horner syndrome or, or, or ptosis. And you get it um, every other day or up, up times eight times per day. So many frequent short bursts of severe, severe pain. Another very common headache is sinusitis. And I mentioned this before about why it's, why it's useful to be able to get a sense of what a, a tender sinus feels like. They're going to complain of a frontal headache. Usually a headache in the cheeks, sometimes a headache in the forehead. Their teeth may hurt. When someone has pain in their teeth, it could be coming from a sinus, it could be coming from a tooth, it could be coming from the ear because it's the same, it's the same innervation, so they can be mixed up with... And with um, so you need to examine all of those organs when, you're, when people complain of that, of that symptom. The diagnosis of sinusitis is a little bit difficult. The imaging, like CT scan, does not necessarily correlate with, with symptoms. And the treatment for sinusitis is not necessarily antibiotics either. So decongestants <coughs> is probably more important. Um, usually the headache will um, resolve within within a few days of, of treatment. So if they continue to have it, even though you've addressed the sinusitis, you need to think about other conditions. Dr. Fiesman, when he was talking about chronic cough, talked a lot about sinusitis because it's that post-nasal drip causes that chronic cough. Um, and I think that was a good, that's a good thing to go over again when, when addressing sinusitis or thinking about, thinking about um, how to find it. When it gets so bad that I've given up on treatium, and the primary care providers give up on treatium, and it makes it all the way to neurology clinic. A lot of times they find this person has a rebound headache because we've been trying to treat them, or they've been trying to treat themselves, and all we're doing is making the headache worse. So you get this headache, you take some sort of medication, it makes you feel better, and as that medication wears off, you get a rebound, you get a worsening headache. You take more <coughs> medications, usually opiates, and it makes the headache worse again. So when you, ha when you find that you have a rebound headache, it comes up with a very difficult interaction with the patient. And you're telling the patient, I can't make your headache go away until you stop this medication. This is the medication, the pain medication that you're taking to make your headaches go away. You've got to stop taking this. But the patient's like, that was what makes me feel better. 
make my headaches go away, I'll stop taking the medication. So that vicious cycle of rebound is really hard um, to overcome. So, take on points. Worst headache of life, they get a CT scan. If the CT scan is negative, they get an LP. Migraines, very common. Understand migraines, understand the diagnosis of migraines, understand the typical syndromes of migraines, understand about auras. You can get vascular syndromes, or you get um, neurologic syndromes like numbness or weakness in an arm with a migraine, and that, can be, that is treated just like the migraine. Primary headaches are usually benign, and they're always very uncomfortable and debilitating, so you can really make a difference in a patient's life by relieving them of them. Physical exam for headaches focuses on ruling out secondary headaches, tumors, meningitis, subarachnoid hemorrhage, occipital neuralgia, sinusitis, other organs that cause pain in the head. And re rebound headaches are also common and can be very difficult to manage because the patients become dependent upon that medication which is making them better and it's typically an opiate. I'm sorry. All right, that was a whirlwind tour through the wonderful world of headaches. Any questions about that? They can be difficult to characterize. Um, uh, by the time that you've seen, by the time that you, I, we see them for the rebound headache, um, this is, they've had it for a long time. So their their headache syndrome is whatever they describe for their rebound headaches. You not until you get to the medications and reviewing their medications, what they do for the headaches and what they're being treated for the headaches, are you gonna be able to pick that up. <laughs> 